Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Hello everyone and welcome back to the channel. Today I'll be doing something that I did a few months back before the last game that related to the series. Of course, back in November I did a Before You Buy Age of Calamity. Now in this video I talked about the combat in the game and exactly why you should and maybe shouldn't get it. And today I'll be doing the same thing over again, but this time I'll basically be talking about my opinion on certain things in Skyward Sword that might just tip you over the edge for both buying or maybe even tipping you over the edge for not buying the game informing you more on your purchasing decision. So without any further ado, we should probably get into it. But if this video does help you out at all in your purchasing decision, or if you're into Zelda in general, then please do consider subscribing for more weekly Zelda content. Now let's go. Now this game is a lot different to Age of Calamity in terms of how I'm gonna do this video. The main difference being that this is actually a port of an old game, and no less a game that didn't really sell that well. Especially when put up next to other Zelda games that came up in the Wii. So I mean, look at Twilight Princess. I'll be discussing aspects of the game such as the story, gameplay in general, whether I believe the dungeons are good, mechanics that were introduced in Skyward Sword, I'll go into whether the game is a good next stop for Breath of the Wild fans considering so many new fans were made with that game and they'll probably be eager to play some of the older games and Skyward Sword HD would be the first turn now and of course I'll be talking about the new quality of life features and whether they make the port itself worth the money since that is a very heated topic at the moment in the community. I'll talk about some other stuff too but those will be the most important pieces and please do remember I'm coming from a very subjective view. These are my opinions and my opinion only. I'm sure others will be making videos like this, so check out a few videos to gain an average view from everyone. So let me get into the story, and one final, final thing, this video will not contain any spoilers, just my opinions on each thing and I may talk about very small areas, but barring that this is spoiler free, but to be on the safe side if you've never played Skyward Sword before and you don't want any spoilers whatsoever, I'd say maybe don't look at the screen, but just for all of you, any Skyward Sword gameplay used today will be just from the opening hour and from the opening dungeon. So, there you go. So yeah, let's get into the story now, since this can make or break a game for a lot of people, not even just a Zelda game. And honestly, overall the story is a lot stronger than most other Zelda games. This is done in no small part by the game's linear nature. No doubt we'll get onto talking about that a little later on. But honestly, yeah, the game's story is very good, and considering this game is the first in the timeline, and considering this game is also the same one that technically created a canon timeline through Hyrule Historia, I believe it is very good. For a Zelda game at least anyway. The linearity of the game makes for some twists and turns that better the story as a whole. Unlike Breath of the Wild, the story actually involves the hero and what you're doing right then and there. And the events of this game shake the timeline down to its very core all the way down to Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild specifically mentions certain aspects of Skyward Sword and there's even a few references that are scattered around here and there in that game. So those are some nice touches to make you care more for Skyward Sword if you were into Breath of the Wild. Plus the antagonistic force put in place of the Hero of Skies truly is one of the best that I've witnessed in a Zelda game too. Truly coming out of left field and I think that they make for possibly the best set of villains in a Zelda game. I can't say much more without getting into spoiler territory to be honest. But I will say that the game is definitely worth playing if you're into the story of the Zelda timeline or similarly if you'd like to get into the story of the games after Breath of the Wild. And again, because it's the first game in the timeline, it simply is a very good launching point if you'd like to get into the series. And this is also a giant contributor for why a lot of people will be picking the game up. There's a few bits in the game that feel like padding, but honestly overall the story is great. 
point one for someone buying it. Next up is the gameplay, and if you've played a pre-Breath of the Wild Zelda game, you will know what to expect here. There's obviously a few differences, namely how you will be controlling Link since you'll either be moving your sword with an analog stick or with the motion controls, but I promise I'll get into how much those two things will change the game later on. Point is, the gameplay is very good. There were some notable new inclusions in the gameplay department that also came over to Breath of the Wild as well. The first thing is the parry and durability system. Yes, this game has a durability system and some may see this as a downside, but it's only used with shields and to be honest, as long as you're parrying a lot of your attacks, or just killing monsters fast really, your shield has the chance to never even break. Not to mention all of your gear can be upgraded, meaning that the durability and other stats are increased. So honestly, the durability doesn't add or remove much to the game. It's just kind of a thing that's there. The parry always feels really satisfying though, and also leads to your enemy being dazed, leaving room for an attack, and I really like this inclusion, and of course, this made a triumphant return in Breath of the Wild as well, along with the next thing we'll talk about, stamina. Stamina works much like it does in Breath of the Wild, I'm sorry to keep saying it, but it does. Instead of walking, you can let the hero run, only difference here is that Link doesn't really run much faster when you're using your stamina compared to when you're walking which is something that definitely was improved with the next game in the series. And since we're on the topic of traversal at all, there also isn't a certified jump button to our sword. Much like any other 3D Zelda game before Breath of the Wild, but I promise you that in practice this is not anywhere near as annoying as it sounds. Now I don't know how the controls for buttons are going to work, so I can't tell you whether the button gameplay will be fluent, but honestly they picked up a very good alternative. So my educated guess is that they'll work well enough, though they might get in the way sometimes if you can't remember how to do certain things. Meanwhile, as long as motion controls are handled correctly, Link's sword should handle like a dream on the Switch, considering the Switch seems built for Skyward Sword as well. But unless there's some accessibility problems for you specifically, yes, the motion controls should work fine now, which was definitely a big issue with the Wii version. And to be honest, that just about wraps up the gameplay really. Again, the only negative thing to say here overall is that the motion controls may need to be recalibrated, but in terms of moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, the game is just another Zelda game with some new enemies, and I think that some enemies utilise accuracy in a very, very cool way. Let's get into some more stuff that will be both good and bad to Breath of the Wild fans. So Nintendo seemed to have kind of marketed this game towards Breath of the Wild fans considering Breath of the Wild was the highest selling game in the franchise, but don't let it fool you, this game is a lot different to Breath of the Wild. First of all, linearity. As I said, this is very good in terms of story, but some other aspects suffer from it. For example, side quests. Now, please, don't get me wrong, these side quests in this game are surprisingly good. Like seriously, these side quests are really good. If you're a Majora's Mask fan, you'll definitely appreciate the side quests in this game, but they came just a little under Majora's Mask in this aspect. I can't inherently say that the quests would have been better had the game been open. It's all down to personal preference and what have you. But the game itself has you go through areas in a very set in stone order. This leads you to specific plot points. There are a few things you can do in the overworld such as pick up pieces of heart, hunt for rupees and explore a tiny bit. But overall you will be going into each area when you're told and when you're allowed to do so. You're allowed to go back there after you're done but there can be certain implications that disallow this further along in the story. Basically no massive constant exploration like Breath of the Wild, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, last thing is the sequel to Breath of the Wild seems to be taking out certain aspects from Skyward Sword, so if you want to get a quick taste for some of that, then I think this game will suit you too. Penultimately, let's do some item and dungeon talk. Well, I think I severely underrate these dungeons each time I talk about the game to be honest. So honestly speaking, I think the dungeons are pretty good. 
Not as good as some of the best in Twilight Princess or some other games in my opinion, but there are a couple of dungeons here that easily rival for the best in the series, which is a great feat for any one of the games in my opinion. Theming is absolutely sublime. Even if I wasn't a giant fan of the art style in the original game, though I will say that the game looks way better now considering the overall low resolution of the Wii and the high resolution of the Switch port. Music as usual is perfect, it's Zelda, you really can't expect less, same with presentation. And the items all serve a purpose, though I don't think they serve a purpose for that long since the game is linear once again, but you will definitely need to use these items a few times out of the dungeons they originate in. And there are actually a couple of items here that are honestly really original, and I would love to see them return in future. Now before I wrap this up we need to talk about some quality of life features, and with the newest quality of life trailer for the game we can safely assume that we're being treated pretty nicely in this area too. First of all, optional help from Fee. Fee or Fi, I'm sorry if you say it a different way, I say Fee, you can say Fi, that's fine, but Fee or Fi and motion control seem to be the biggest issues plaguing the original release of the game to be honest. This is a massive one, making the game itself a lot more streamlined and making it a much more enjoyable affair. This alone makes the game worth it for a lot of people. I feel like I discussed the control options plenty earlier on, and while the button controls might not be perfect in the end, I think that they'll end up working good enough. Though I don't think we have full confirmation on if the button controls will be available whilst in docked. There are theories, but I don't want to say anything that's wrong, but that could definitely be a deal breaker for some, so keep an eye out there. There's obviously then the clear stuff. The frame rate is much smoother now and the resolution is 1080p docked, presumably 720p when in handheld, making the game a much nicer affair than it was on the Wii version. You can now fast forward dialogue, once again making the game much more streamlined, especially since the old typing times were a lot, lot slower than they probably should have been in my opinion. So this option is much appreciated for those just looking to get into playing rather than having a character borderline harass them. <laughs> Next up is the streamlining of item and bug information and this is greatly appreciated since every time you booted up the game you'd have to read through the item description over and over and over again. But now that's all fixed up. Last thing is skippable cutscenes, which for repeat playthroughs just makes the game more bearable if, once again, you just want to play the damn game. Finally is the amiibo change. I still think this isn't much of an issue, especially since you can just put the switch into rest mode, but it can still be an issue for some, so if you don't like the amiibo thing, don't buy the amiibo or the game. It's up to you and you can vote with your own wallet. Now, here's the thing, they could have changed a lot more stuff in terms of streamlining, but personally speaking, I am completely happy with this and I think it will buff the game up just enough without making it seem too different. But let me get into my own verdict. Here's my thought. If you think the game has value, then get it. There is no reason not to. Even before this port, this game was the most polarizing game in the series. So if you think that the price is far too much, then don't get it. I really think that the value of this game is going to be subjective to a lot of people, but even considering I played the full game last year, I'm more than eager to hop back into Skyward Sword HD, even despite the fact that before going into the game it's my least favourite 3D Zelda game, and I'm almost certain that it's going to bump up on my ranking purely down to this port, and I'm immensely excited to go back in. So with all of this information at your disposal, tell me down below. Have I helped with informing your purchasing decision, and if I have then tell me whether or not you'll be diving into Skyward Sword HD next weekend. I'd love to see your thoughts. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed then please do like the video and subscribe for more weekly Zelda content. The people you can see on screen right now are my Patreon supporters, and they are just perfect people. Look at them, mwah! And Sumji is especially cool for being my top paying patron. 
Thanks so much for the support guys. If you'd like to join them, then you can for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month. The link to my Patreon is in the description. Along with that link is the link to the rest of my media platforms. So follow me on them if you'd like to keep in touch with me. Now, thank you for listening to that episode. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, of course. There's loads of Zelda content waiting for you. Just search Triforce Trends. Thank you for listening.